Praise God. God is good all the time. Good to see everybody in the house of the Lord. Anybody grateful to the Lord today? Anybody thankful to be alive? Praise God. Praise God. Let's welcome those online, too. Let's welcome all those watching online. If you're watching online, God bless you. God bless you. We, uh, we broadcast our services Sundays at 10 a.m. and then 12.30, as well as Thursday nights, too. You can check it out live on uh, YouTube and live.chapelofchange.org. Well, if this is your first time here, my name is Brian. I get to serve as the pastor here, and it's a joy to have you worship with us and to check out what God is doing at Chapel of Change. I really believe you'll be pleasantly surprised at what God is doing at Chapel of Change. Is God moving at Chapel of Change? I uh, thank you for your prayers. You know, our part of uh, our vision is to be a local blessing and also a national blessing, but, but also a global blessing. We want to, as a local church, we want to be a local blessing. We want to impact the local community around us. Uh, we also want to be a national blessing. We want to impact our nation. Uh, my wife and a team of us just came back from Dallas, Texas, and our, we planted a church there a year ago, Chapel of Change Dallas. You can look them up on, online. There's actually a Chapel of Change in Dallas. And it was kind of, I was kind of weird driving up to the church with all the Chapel of Change signs in Dallas. And you're like, uh, okay. <laughs> but it was such a blessing. God is moving. People are giving their lives to the Lord there. And the, the church is growing. So uh, let's keep uh, Pastor Simon and his wife and team uh, in prayer as they reach people out there uh, with the fresh hope of the gospel. And they're going to be coming back this year to our 10-year anniversary Fresh Hope Revival in October. They're going to be coming, so it's going to be exciting. to. We're going to bring the Dallas core team up to the stage, and we're going to celebrate them. So we, we want to be a national blessing, but also we want to be a global blessing. We want to bless the nations around us. And um, a couple weeks ago, we just got back, me and Pastor Martin and Jer Jeremy, we got back from Guatemala, Guatemala. And I'm going to be sending out an email, giving like an official report, but we went over there trying to just see what God is doing and to explore kingdom connections to be uh, a blessing. And boy, were we, were we just moved by what God is doing over there. Uh, we traveled the land over there, got car sick, uh, but it was a blessing to see uh, and to serve uh, in Guatemala. And we're thinking... The long-term vision is that once a year, we'll send a team from our church to go serve over there for a couple of days and bless the local church and bless the communities over there. So we're just doing the groundwork right now, and hopefully we're going to get that up and running by next year. But we want to be a global blessing. And to that end, uh, to that end this year... Pastor Kenny Martin got invited to preach in Africa at our general conference, so we're going to keep him in prayer as he travels to Africa, and then just recently, uh, I got 
Praise the Lord. I got invited to preach at our general conference in the Philippines, in the Philippines. So keep, me, keep us in prayer. Uh, I think that's going to be in uh, November. Going to fly to the Philippines and uh, going to go preach the gospel, maybe even go to a couple prisons there and go to a local church. But the Lord is moving. The Lord is moving there. And one of our bishops in, invited me. My my uh, great-grandfather was born in Cebu, Philippines, and so it's going to be uh, a special time uh, together. So keep us in prayer. Remember, we want to be a local blessing, a national blessing, but also a global blessing. And then we have, we have Pastor Sandy, who's on her way back from El Salvador. So we all spread out, right? And she did a blessing to the kids in El Salvador. And so uh, the Lord is moving in Chapel of Change, and we're glad you're here. We're all part of the same team, and God is using us in a significant way. Someone shout amen. All right, um, I hope you brought your Bibles. Let's turn to Mark chapter 10, Mark chapter 10, verses 17. Mark chapter 10, verse 17, verses uh, to 30. As you're turning to Mark chapter 10, I, I need to let you know that I just drove back this morning from, from Big Bear, California, up in the mountains. And uh, I need to let you know that God is not just moving in your church in the women's ministry. God is not just moving in the Kingsmen ministry, but God is moving in our youth ministry. And for the last two days or so, we sent about 70 youth to Big Bear uh, to winter camp. And so the Lord is there in the mountain. The the teens are there in the mountain. I got to go uh, to the mountains and spend some quality time with some of our youth and uh, play basketball with them and get some of them in the headlock. And uh, it was just a meaningful time that God is, uh, pray for our youth. We have precious, precious teenagers, uh, part of our youth across all the campuses. And we believe that God is rising up leaders, pastors, evangelists, prophets, apostles, teachers, doctors. So continue to pray for our youth. They should be making their way down from the mountain of God right now. And they should, I don't know, about two or two-something, uh, they should be here. So keep that in prayer. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 through 30. When everybody's there, say amen. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good, Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And all the parents said, amen. amen. Jesus was looking out for y'all. Look at verse 20. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said, go sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Notice that his face fell. His face fell. 
Verse 23, Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words, but Jesus said to again, children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples who uh, were even amazed, more amazed, and said to each other, who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. How many believe that this afternoon? How many believe that all things are possible with God? Your situation is not impossible for God. Your circumstance is not impossible for God. Let me just put this in your spirit. All things are possible with God. Look at verse 28. Then Peter spoke up. We have left everything to follow you. That brother was all in. He said he left everything to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecution, and in the age to come, eternal life. Let us pray over God's word. Father, we thank you for your word this afternoon. And we gather around your word to eat. We pray that you feed us joy, feed us strength, feed us faith, feed us wisdom. Please don't allow us to leave as we came in Jesus' name. And all the church said, amen. My brothers and sisters, uh, we've been going over this encounter that Jesus has with this rich young influencer for uh, maybe a month or two, and we're kind of dissecting it because there's so much wisdom and strength and revelation uh, for our faith in this encounter. And as you remember, we have here in this encounter a rich young influencer who appears to have his life all together. He appears to have his education together. He appears to have his morals and values together. He appears to have his finances together. He appears to have his career together. But how many you know it's possible to have it together on the outside, but be falling apart on the inside? How many you know it's possible to look good on the outside, but be messed up on the inside? This guy, as we look at him, shows so much potential. He shows initiative in that he runs to Jesus. He shows 
humility in that he bows before Jesus. He uh, shows respect. He calls Jesus a good teacher. And this guy, he has so much potential. He has so much on the outward like surface that looks good that it makes it more even shocking to learn how Jesus deals with this rich young influencer. It's shocking to learn how Jesus responds to this guy who looks like he has everything together on the surface. Are you following along? Notice that Jesus does not embrace him. Notice that Jesus does not uh, hug him. Notice that Jesus does not comfort him. Notice Jesus does not recruit him onto his team. Like if I would have seen this guy, he's young, he got his morals together, he knows the Bible, he got his finances together. Like for me, I would think, man, this guy will make a good church member. He will make a good member of my team. But how many of you know Jesus looks beyond the surface? Jesus does not embrace him. Jesus does not recruit him. Jesus doesn't even comfort him. Instead, Jesus confronts him. Jesus confronts him. Jesus blows him up. Jesus utterly nails him. He nails him. Thus the title of our study this afternoon. Jesus nails this guy. And the guy walks away from Jesus sad. He walks away from Jesus sad. Sad. He's the only one that is recorded in the Bible who received a direct personal a call from Jesus and walks away from Jesus sad. Not even, not everybody even got a call to follow Jesus. Remember the demonic oppressed guy that lived in the cemetery that Jesus delivered and after he became whole, he came to Jesus and said, I'm going to follow you wherever you're at. And Jesus said, no, you're not. You can go back home because you've been missing. You've been MIA. Go back home. Not everybody got the invitation to follow Jesus. This guy got the invitation. And he walks away from Jesus sad. As we study the Bible together, I want us to think about why did he walk away from Jesus sad? This is going to be the focus of our attention this afternoon. Why did he walk away from Jesus sad? Are you following along? I'm going to attempt to answer this uh, in a biblical way on why did he walk away from Jesus sad. Because I don't want you to walk away from Jesus sad. I don't want you to walk away from Jesus sad. I'd rather you walk away from Jesus mad. <laughs> if you're going to walk away from Jesus, at least if you walk away from Jesus mad, you probably have an opportunity to come back. Don't walk away from Jesus sad. I want you to walk away from Jesus glad. I want you to walk away from Jesus healed. I want you to walk away from Jesus filled with the Holy Ghost and in line, divine alignment for your life. So why did he walk away from Jesus sad? Number one, someone say number one. Jesus smashed his religious views. Jesus smashed 
his religious views. Now listen, I'm going to point something out. In verse 17, he tells Jesus, what must I do, I do to inherit eternal life? Notice his phrase, what must I do? Because that hits at the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion thinks that it could earn salvation. It thinks that it could earn right standing with God. And he says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And then, as we learned before, the other Gospels record this event. Matthew, Mark, and Luke. In the Gospel of Matthew, as you go down at the, to the bottom of the story, he tells Jesus, what do I still lack? What do I still lack? So here it is. I'm going to tie it together. Listen, he starts off by telling Jesus, what must I do to, re to receive eternal life? Then he says, what do I still lack? What do I still lack? In other words, he's saying, what can I add to my life? What can I add to my life? Here's the problem. The problem is he thinks he can just add Jesus or Christianity to his life. That's the problem. He thinks that he could just add or, or, or add Jesus or Christianity to his life, and it was an affront to Jesus. It was a disrespect to Jesus. Oh, you got your life together now. You got your education together. You got your money together. You feel like there's something a little lacking, so now you just want to check me off the box. You just want me to be your sugar daddy. So he comes to Jesus with superficial kind of uh, spirituality. He just wants to check Jesus off the box. What, what am I lacking? What can I do? Listen, the spirit of religion is not about having an abiding, life-transforming relationship with Jesus, but it's about just adding Jesus to your life so that one can feel good about themselves. The spirit of religion is not about having an abiding, life-transforming relationship with Jesus, but the spirit of religion is about just adding Jesus to one's life so that they can feel good about themselves. That's why people can live however they want to live throughout the week and then come to church on Sunday to check it off a box so that they can feel better about themselves. It's the spirit of religion. It's the spirit of religion. The spirit of religion just wants to add Jesus without changing anything. That's the spirit of religion, and it offended Jesus. Why didn't Jesus embrace him? Why didn't Jesus say, man, you got it going, going on. I need you part of my team. You got some money? Oh, come on, let's go. Why did Jesus send him away packing? Because he had superficial interest in the things of God. He just wanted to check the Sunday service off. He just wanted to check the Bible study off. He just wanted to check the baptism off. There's another example of this in John chapter 3. Um, John the Baptist uh, was baptizing people as a sign of repentance and being right with God. And some had heard about the baptism of John. And so they, they went to John 
to get baptized. And they lined up. There was dozens and dozens that lined up. But John, John discerned something, that there was a group in the line of baptism that, that they didn't really want to change. They just wanted to check baptism off of the list of their life. They didn't want to change. They just wanted to check baptism off of their life. So John discerned this, and he rebuked them. And what he said in John 3, 6, he said, Prove by the way you live that you have repented of your sins and turned to God. He said, Prove by the way you live. Prove by the way you act. Prove by the way you talk. Prove by the way you behave. Prove by the way you dress that, that, that God has saved you. Don't just try to check it off a list. And what's, what's, what's fascinating is that this same religious view is common today. It's common today. Many people think that they can just add Jesus or Christianity to their life. And, and, and we need to be careful. We need to be careful because there is coming a judgment day. And there will be people on Judgment Day that get sent away packing like this young adult in this encounter. So we got to be careful that Christianity is not something you just add to your life, but Christianity is, is more of something that blows up everything old that makes room for all that is new. Christianity is not something you just add to your life. Christianity is more of a dynamite stick that blows up all that is old to make room for all that is new. Christi Christianity should, should, should radically revolutionize your life. It should radically revolutionize your life. You think you could add, uh, just add Christianity to your life? No, Christianity is a revolution that starts in the heart and overflows to our life. We ought to be experiencing the radical, transforming power of God. We ought to be experiencing the radical transformation of God. And, and the thing that hinders the power of God from exploding is the spirit of religion. It hinders the power of God from exploding because we approach God as checking him off the list instead of leaning into him and embracing him. So this offended Jesus, and Jesus sent him away packing. What caused this young man to walk away from Jesus sad? Secondly, Jesus gets personal with him. He gets personal with him. Listen to what Jesus says in Mark 10, 21. Jesus looked at him and loved him. Now, when it says Jesus looked at him, it doesn't just mean he looked on, on, on the surface. But I want to suggest to you, Jesus had some spiritual x-ray eyes. And he looked deep into the crevices of his soul. And he seen the brokenness of his life. Yet he loved him enough to tell him the truth. And he tells him, go, get this, sell everything you have and give to the poor. Catch this. I'm going to teach you something. He says, go, sell everything you have. Everything. Someone say everything. 
sell everything you have and give to the poor. Now, now, now that's, that is shocking right there. Now, listen, there, there is no rule in the Bible for every Christian to sell everything they have and give to the poor. There, there is no biblical precept that teaches every follower of Jesus Christ must sell all their possessions and give everything they have to the poor. Yes, we are to live sacrificial lifestyles. Yes, we are to live generous lifestyle. Yes, we are to give our tithes and we are to give our offerings. But there is no universal principle that commands every Christian to give everything to the poor. Are you following along? So when Jesus tells him that he needs to give everything to the poor, what Jesus is doing is he's getting personal with this rich young influencer because he knows that his chief problem is idolatry. He seen, he looked into his soul, and he seen the real problem that was holding him back. And as a master physician, he takes the scalpel or the knife and he begins to cut the cancer out of his life. And before he can cut it all the way off, the young man walks away sad. See, Jesus got personal with him because he knew that this individual was wrapped up in idolatry. What is idolatry? Idolatry is putting anyone or anything before God. Idolatry is putting anyone or anything before God. And, and for him, it was idolatry. Uh, his idolatry was money and possessions. Your idolatry may be a relationship. Your idolatry may be your job. Your idolatry may be uh, 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 the sports. It may be a movie. I don't know. Everybody has their own little situation going on. I'm not here to tell you what exactly it is because the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you. So Jesus gives him a chance or challenges him to give up idolatry. Jesus challenges him to walk away from idolatry. And instead, this young guy walks away from Jesus. Jesus challenges him to walk away from idolatry. And instead of walking away from idolatry, he walks away from Jesus. Listen, we serve a personal God. We serve an upfront personal God that will get in your face. Our God will read your email and address you at the appropriate time. Our God will nail you in a room full of a thousand people. He'll jump over 991 and nail you for that thing that is holding you down to get you to be delivered and set free. We serve a personal upfront in your face type of God that loves us enough to tell us the truth. A lot of people in, in, in the course of our 10 years of existence, a lot of people have come up to me on the weekends and after a service, and they'll say, Brian, uh, are you reading my email? 
a lot of people will come up to me and say, Brian, are you stalking me? Because what you just preached on, I'm going through the exact same thing this week. I mean, you almost said it word for word, verbatim. And I got to step back and say, but my brother, I don't even know who you are, right? Uh, but we serve an up close and personal God that will read your mail and address you at the appropriate time in the midst of a crowded room. He will get up in your face and try to deliver you from that thing that's holding you down. But this guy, he walks away from Jesus sad. The third reason why he walks away from Jesus sad is because Jesus demanded more than he thought. Jesus demanded more than he thought. Let me bring you back to verse 21. Listen to what Jesus tells him. He says, sell everything. Someone say everything. He says, sell everything you have and give to the poor. This this nailed him. This nailed him right here. This blew him up right here because Jesus demanded from him more than what he thought Jesus would. He demanded from him more than what he thought Jesus would. Jesus nailed him. Jesus blew him up with this one statement. With this one statement, Jesus sent him away packing. See, when we encounter the real Jesus and the real message of Jesus, we will always be shocked to learn that Jesus always demands from us more than we can think. When you come across the real Jesus and you come across the real message of Jesus, you will always be shocked to realize that he always demands more than what you thought. If you come to church week after week and all you feel is goosebumps inside of you and all you feel is a little bit better when you go home, there's something wrong with that because our Jesus always demands more than what we thought. And here it is. Jesus wants that in your life that you think brings you peace, joy, and security without God. Hear me today. Jesus wants in your life that which you think brings you peace, joy, and security without God. For him, it was money, possessions, and land. For you, it may be a relationship. For you, it may be something else. But that is what he demands from every follower that calls upon his name. I've, I've often been um, exposed to this type of conversation, and I've seen it several times. I was talking to uh, a Christian sister some time ago, and she was telling me, she was saying, Brian, I hear what you're saying, what you're teaching, and I believe what you're teaching. I know it to be right. And she says, but I'm living with my boyfriend. I'm living with my boyfriend. And she says, Brian, I know it's wrong. I know it's not pleasing to God. I know it's not God's best for me. And I agree that you are right, that the Bible teaches it's wrong. And 
But Brian, I, 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 can't, I can't give it up. And I say to her, and I've heard this conversation several times. I say, well, if you know it's, if you know it's wrong, then why don't you do anything about it? If you know it's wrong, then why don't you, why don't you fix it? If you, I mean, you, you're telling me you know it's wrong, and, and you agree with the Bible. Why don't you fix it? This is my response to her, and she says, she says, Brian, you don't understand. He pays half the rent. Brian, you don't understand. He pays for half the groceries, and because he is here, he gives me a sense of security. He gives me a sense of, of, of peace. And she's saying this to me with tears in her eyes. She's crying. And she says, I know it's wrong, but I can't walk away from it. And I didn't, I didn't, have, the, I didn't have enough guts to tell her. I didn't have enough guts to tell her because my heart was broken at her situation. But, but inside, I, I, was, I was telling her, I was saying, man, you don't understand. You don't understand that you're doing the same thing that the young rich ruler did 2,000 years ago. You're walking away from Jesus sad because you're not willing to give up that which you think is giving you peace. You don't understand. So many people, even today, are, are walking away from Jesus sad. See, Jesus wants more from you than you, could ever, than you ever thought. He wants more from you than, than what you ever thought. And, and this, is how, this is how you know you're growing spiritually. This is how you know you're growing spiritually. How do you know that you're growing spiritually? I'll tell you how you know. No matter how long you've been saved, you wake up every now and then with the nagging sense in your spirit that Jesus wants more of you. This is how you know you're saved. You could be saved for 50 years, 100 years. This is how you know you're growing in the Lord, is every now and then you wake up with this sense that Jesus wants more of me. He wants me to pray more. He wants me to forgive more. He wants me to give more. He wants me to serve more. The, today is the day he wants me to stop smoking cigarettes. Today is the day he wants me to stop uh, uh, smoking weed. Today is the day he wants me to leave that guy who has been messing me up. Today is the day that Jesus wants more of me. That's how you know you're spiritually growing. And let me, let me just say this. If you are caught up in any of those sins that I just mentioned, if you are caught up in any of those sins, listen, and you still get that nagging sense that Jesus wants more of you, listen, that's good news. That's good news. You know why? That says that Jesus has not sent you away packing. That says that Jesus is still there working with you, helping you, empowering you. But now the ball is in your corner. You got to do something. Please don't be like this young man who walks away from Jesus sad. Jesus always demands more than what you think he does i shared this story before but i'm gonna share it again um 
about four or five years ago right here at our Paramount campus, um, I started getting the, the kind of a desire or this desire to know who killed um, my oldest brother. My oldest brother was shot and killed at the age of 15 years old in 1982. And um, uh, I, I never knew who killed him. Like I heard about him, I never knew who killed him. My mom never knew who, who, who killed him. They knew about him, but didn't know him. Didn't. My mom had unanswered questions as to why he shot him. And uh, to this day, uh, my brothers and sisters will blame that tragic event for our brokenness to this day, 30 some years later. And so uh, a couple of years ago, I had this desire just to kind of like, what was his name, right? What, what, what was his full name? And so I, I asked, reached out to one of my older homegirls and I said, hey, uh, you remember the guy who killed David? What was his name? What was his name? And um, to my surprise, uh, she answered back and said, you know, she goes, uh, you know, he's, on my, he's a friend on my Facebook. Do you want to see who he is? And I said, no, I didn't ask all that. I just wanted to know his name. How many of you know Jesus always demands more than what you thought? And I was like, no, I don't, I don't want to know, who, you know, I don't want to see him. I just want to know his name. But, but a couple of days later, I got nosy. And uh, I did what many of y'all did. I kind of searched. And all of a sudden, his, his picture popped up on my computer. And it wasn't even a small picture. It was one of the headshot pictures that I was like, whoa. And all, for the first time in 30 years, I saw the guy who killed my oldest brother. And as I was looking at his face, smiling, and with his family, right, I, as I was looking at, at the picture, I felt the impression of God tell me, Brian, I want you to fly Donald in from Louisiana to your church, and I want you to fly your mom from Texas into your church because I want to show a modern-day example of radical forgiveness to the world. And I did not clap. I did not say praise God. I said God, I did not ask for that. I just wanted to know his name. But how many of you know Jesus demands more than what you think he will? So after I wrestled with God for uh, some time, I said, okay, I'm going to do it. And I called my mom. And I said, mom, you're not going to believe this, but I got a hold of the person who killed David. And I think, I think you should meet him. I think, I think you should, I want to fly you down. I'm going to fly him down. And I think you guys should meet together. And my mom, my mom had been through hell and high water in her life. Her first husband uh, died with, from Pelican Bay, and her son was murdered. Her other sons were shot up. I was shot up and sentenced to life from prison. She'd been through hell and high water. So I was treading on, on, on light ground. And after about a moment of silence, she says to me, she says, Brian, I'm willing to to meet Donald if he's willing to go to the cemetery with me to David's plot. So I, I, I hung up with my mom, and I, be, I called Donald. And I said, Donald, um, my mom is willing to meet you. Uh, she, I think it will be a great idea. I'm willing to fly you in. Um, but one thing she's asking is that you go to the cemetery with her to David's, uh, to David's cemetery plot. And all of a sudden, I found myself coaching the guy who killed my brother. Jesus always demands more than what you think he will.
I'm coaching him. I'm saying, I, th- I think you got to say this. I think you need to do this. I think it's got to do this. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? This don't even look right. And then Donald says, you know what? I'm willing to do anything that your mom wants me to do. I'm willing to do it. So, so a couple years ago, we fly my, my mom down from Texas. We fly Donald down from Texas. And in front of everybody, my mom, my mom embraces him and forgives him for, for killing her firstborn son. We met right here. It's on video on, Ch- on Chapel Change TV YouTube, right? And, and, then, and then after we met, it was time to go to the cemetery. We went into the cars. We, we, we drove to Green Hills Memorial, and we got out the car, and I was standing right here. Donald was in the middle, and my mom was next to Donald. And at this time, my mom was holding Donald's hand. How many know that Jesus demands more than what you think he will? She thought she was coming down just to forgive him, but God was coming down to set him free. And we walk to the plot of David, and when we get over the plot of David, all of a sudden we feel the power of God, and Donald falls to his knees over the plot uh, of David, and there Donald is, the guy who killed David, uh, on his knees over the plot of David, and my mom and I feel the power of God, and we feel led by the Spirit of the Lord to lay hands on Donald and to bless Donald in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus always demands more than what you think. Always demands. You want to experience the, pure, the, the power of God? Give to Jesus what he's asking. Now, here's the last thing that I would share. Yes, it's true that Jesus demands more than what you think. But also, Jesus gives you more than you can imagine. Jesus gives you more than you can imagine. You know, when you read the story of this rich young influencer, he made a couple mistakes. And one of the mistakes he made is that he did not stick around long enough to hear the ending. He made a couple mistakes. And one of the mistakes he he made is that he did not stick around long enough to get the why should he give up everything. He did not stick around long enough to hear uh, verse 29. Listen to what Jesus says in verse 29. Jesus says, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times. As much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. He didn't stick around long enough to hear the end of the story. He did not know that he could potentially have became the first Christian billionaire if he would have gave up all his wealth for the kingdom of God. He didn't stick around to realize that God, all God wanted was for him to surrender his dreams to the Lord. God does not care about his money We serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. It was never about his money. 
It was about his heart. It was about his heart. He could have been the first Christian billionaire. But he did not stick around to hear the end. He never, when you get offended, when you get offended, and if you stay with us long enough, eventually you're going to get offended. But when you get offended, do not leave. Stay and let God minister to you and give you the end of the story. Jesus gives you more than you could ever imagine. When you surrender your dreams to him, whatever that dream may be, maybe it's a dream uh, to be successful, maybe it's a dream to have a beautiful family with a white house and a white picket fence, I don't know, whatever dream that is, when you surrender that dream to the Lord Jesus Christ, he turns around and gives you his dreams. When you surrender your dream to Jesus, he turns around and gives you his dreams. And there's nothing more joyful uh, than the dream of God manifesting in your life. You think you got a good imagination? God has a better imagination than you ever have. God will bless you in ways you can't even explain it. You can't even logically explain it. He will bless you in ways where you all you're going to have to say is like, I don't know how God did it. He blessed me. I'm enjoying it. And praise the Lord. But it cannot be explainable. The Bible says, now unto him who is able to do immeasurably above, above all that we could ask or think. But it's triggered when you surrender your dream at the altar of God. Are you willing to give your dream up for God's dream? Are you willing to give your plan up for God's plan? Are you willing to give up your ambition for God's ambition? I remember the turning point in my story was when I was in prison for at that time for about, I think, 14 years, and I had just been denied release for the fourth time. And I remember uh, uh, I had all these dreams of going home, and I had all these aspirations of going home. And there I stood at the chapel. I was denied parole. I didn't know when I was going to go home, didn't know if I was going to go home. But I'll tell you what I did. I came to a place where I surrendered my dreams on the altar of God. And I told God, I said, God, it doesn't matter anymore whether I go home or if I die in prison I'm going to serve you no matter what I'm going to serve you no matter what and I laid my dream at the altar of God and I didn't realize it back then but that was a turning point for God to transfer my dream for his dream and ever since that moment I have not been living out my dreams I've been living out God's dreams for my life and I can't explain it to you I can't write an essay about it all I can tell you that I'm blessed I, I, I love the Lord and I'm enjoying every moment of it but it's God's dream it's God's dream it's God's dream. It's God's dream. And it was triggered when I gave him my dream. Did you catch that? It's triggered when you give him your dream. Whatever that is, everybody is different. Everybody's different. But Jesus is looking into your heart today. And he sees it. And he loves you enough to tell you the truth. Give it to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. I know it hurts, but give it to the Lord. I know it hurts, but give it to him. Give it to him. 
and he will give you his dreams for your life. Let's bow our heads in the presence of the Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a couple moments, while everybody remains seated, let us reflect upon the word of the Lord. Let us think about what is it that God is requiring of us in this stage of our journey with him. Everybody's different. But what is it for you that God is demanding from you in this season of your journey with him? Let's think about what that is. What do you need to give up to the Lord? Every head bowed and every eye closed. every head bowed and every eye closed if you're in the house today and you know what it is that God is asking you to give up but you are having struggles giving it up it's just an extra hard time to give it up I want to pray with you right where you're at if you want to be transparent enough and bold enough if you need prayer to give that thing up to God, just stand up on your feet right where you're at and I'll pray for you. You're struggling to give that up and you just need prayer. You need strength. I want to pray with you wherever you're at. Stand up on your feet as a response to God. The next thing I'll ask you to do is assign of surrender I want to encourage you to lift up your hands unto the Lord as a sign of surrender it's just an outward sign of surrender you with that when you lift up your hands it's a universal sign for surrender now I recognize that some of you are not ready to give it up or you think it's too hard for you and I'm not I'm not gonna demand that you give it up right now because that's between you and the Lord. I encourage you to do so. Some of you, some of you can give it up and you should give it up right now. Some of you are still in your seat and you can give that thing up and you just give it up to the Lord right where you're at. But I recognize there are some of us that are still stuck and you need extra strength and extra prayer. Before I pray for you, I want to lead you in a spiritual exercise. And I just want you to repeat this with me as a spiritual exercise because even though you don't give it up today, when you do give it up, and I believe you are going to give it up, you're going to have to go through this exercise. And so we're going to start today. We're going to strengthen that, that muscle. So with your hands up, I want you to repeat after me. Lord God, I give it up today. Lord God, I surrender it today. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to say it with me again. Lord God, I surrender it today. 
Lord God, I give it up today. Just taking you through a spiritual exercise. Say it with me again. Lord God, I give it up today. I surrender it today. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Keep your hands up. I'm going to call Pastor Laura. Pastor Laura, come up here. And I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray that God strengthen them to give that thing up, to surrender it to the Lord. Give them supernatural strength. That that thing is not going to hold them down. They're not going to walk away from Jesus sad. They're not going to walk away from Jesus sad. No, they're not. They're going to walk away from Jesus with tears of joy. They're going to walk away from Jesus with tears of joy, not tears of sadness. Laura, pray over them. Father, we thank you that it is you who gives us the power to lay down our dreams and what we think gives us security, to lay them down at the altar and absolutely surrender them. And so God, just as I surrendered my real estate license at the altar and I gave it to you, my means of security then, I believe today, this day, there are those who are willing to take you at your word and trust you in a radical way and believe that you are Jehovah Jireh, the God that will provide no matter what. And so, God, whoever that is, I ask, God, that you would stir up their heart and that you would give them an overwhelming desire and supernatural power to lay that thing down before you right now. Take their hands off of it and step back and say, here, God, you can have it. I let go of it today. It is all yours. Do with it as you desire, Lord God. And I know that no matter what happens, you are in control and I will be okay. I thank you, Lord God, that you are the God who delivers more than we can ever ask, think, or imagine. I thank you, Lord God, that even for me back then, you opened up the floodgates of heaven and poured out such a blessing. I couldn't even count the blessings as an act of worship that day, Lord. And I thank you that for those that are willing to take such a radical step forward, you are going to do the same. You are going to bless them above and beyond abundantly more than they can ever ask, think, or imagine. And I thank you that the blessings will not only be physical blessings of provision, but spiritual blessings of joy, of peace, God, mentally, physically, emotionally, Lord. Thank you for taking them into deeper waters with you. And I thank you that through this experience and through this surrender, you are going to bring them, Lord God, into alignment with your call and your purpose for their life. Have your way through and through. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand. Praise. Come on, somebody. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. God is good all the time. Did you learn anything today? Anybody receive anything from the Lord today? Come on, let's give the Lord another hand. Praise. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, we are so grateful to be a part of a church that the Lord speaks, the Holy Spirit moves. But even 
even so the people receive you guys are receiving church i feel it it's one thing to have the lord speak the lord move sometimes the people don't receive like this young guy didn't receive but y'all receive today amen all y'all receive praise god i feel it in my spirit i feel it in my soul y'all receive from the lord and that that revelation is going to walk with you and strengthen you and help you god bless you god bless you we're going to transition to worship the lord with our tithes and our offerings today i'm going to call up the ushers up forward as we prepare to give unto the lord uh, as we prepare to give before I pray over the offering, if you're part of Chapel of Change, uh, just want to encourage you to give your best gift unto the Lord. I want to uh, just thank those who regularly and sacrificially give uh, to the house of the Lord. want to thank you for your regularly, sacrificially giving unto the Lord. Know that your giving is advancing the kingdom of God. You need to know that. You need to be reminded of that. You're not just giving to give. All of our giving together is making an impact for the kingdom of God in this world. Little kids are learning about Jesus. We're going to the parks to preach the gospel uh, in the name of Jesus. We are teaching uh, marriage couples about Jesus. Uh, the Lord is restoring relationships. The Lord is using Chapel of Change in a significant way. And it's in part because all of us together, sacrificially giving unto the Lord, He's multiplying our giving to give fresh hope to our generation. So I want to encourage you to continue to give, continue to be faithful, for we are making an eternal impact to together someone say together someone say together we're doing it together now as you prepare to give a couple announcements to make there's a couple ways you can give you can give through an envelope that's uh, on the back seat of uh, one of the chairs or if you want to give through a debit card after service in the lobby on the table you can give through a debit card if you want to give through a text through your phone go to our webpage it has the number there you can text chapel if you want to give through our webpage those watching online if you're watching online and you've been blessed by this ministry or you just been blessed by God and you want to give back to the Lord you can give at chapel of change .org, chapelofchange.org. There was a couple weeks ago, uh, a lady all the way from Florida invested in Chapel of Change. It, never been here before, but been blessed by the ministry, right? People that are not even immediately part of our church are investing in what God is doing at Chapel of Change. And so we are grateful and we're thankful uh, to the Lord couple announcements to make we have our women's abide gathering coming up ladies get to the abide gathering you're going to be encouraged you're going to be challenged uh, to be a part of that so i encourage you to participate in that also want to encourage you about thursday nights Every Thursday night at 7.15, we have prayer and worship right here in the sanctuary. We have children's ministry and teen ministry, so bring your whole family out. Listen, we, when we serve the Lord as a journey. Serving the Lord is a journey of steps. For some of y'all, you took your step forward by coming to Sunday worship, and you've been faithful in that. Praise the Lord God Almighty. But your next step is to join us on Thursday nights. Thursday nights to get a midweek blast of the Holy Ghost. How many of you know you need a double dose of the Holy Ghost sometimes, right? 
So bring your kids out, bring your youth out, um, and Thursday night. So we encourage you to do that as well. Don't forget to download our phone app. Uh, you can go on our webpage, and it has all our latest sermons. So like on Monday or Tuesday, this sermon will be uploaded to that. You can listen to it again on your way to work or school. How many of you know you got to marinate in the Word of God? you got to marinate in the Word of God. So download our phone app. And then lastly, before I pray over the offering, I uh, just want to celebrate uh, Pastor Renee and, and Brother Thomas. When we were in Dallas, when we were preaching at Chapel of Change Dallas, for the very first time, there was a deaf sister there, and we were interpreting the, the message into ASL, right? And we didn't realize it, Sister Cam, that um, the deaf ministry was being birthed at that time at Chapel of Change Dallas. And so we connected her with Renee, Pastor Renee, Make sure you continue to encourage that sister because I've seen a picture today of them and Pastor Simon. They're going to be starting the deaf ministry at Chapel of Change, Dallas. Go like this. You see how God, you know, God always gives to you more than you could imagine. Always gives to you more than you could imagine. So let me pray over the offering. We'll collect the offering and I'll come back and dismiss with a blessing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the ability to give. We worship you through this offering. Lord, I pray for everybody here. Bless them financially, Father God. Bless them with jobs. Bless them with raises, Lord God. Some of them need promotions, Lord God. I pray for promotions, Lord God. I pray for business owners, for networking opportunities, Lord God. I pray that you open up the doors of financial blessing over everybody in this house today. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone says, amen. Let's give unto the Lord.
time. If you know anybody who needs this message that I preach today, I'll be preaching the same message 4.30 tonight at our Carson campus. I would encourage you to text somebody. You don't even have to go. Just text them. Say, hey, go to Chapel Change Carson at 4.30. God has a word for you. Or tonight, 7 p.m. on Zoom. We have a Zoom worship service at 7 p.m. You can get the information on our webpage. It is our tradition to close out with a blessing. How many need a blessing from the Lord? I want to call up our pastors and leaders to the altar. After we dismiss with a blessing, if you need special prayer or somebody to talk to, our pastors will be available for you after service. Let's lift up our hands unto the Lord as we dismiss with a blessing. In the name of the Father who loves you with an endless love, in the name of the Son who died that you could live, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who fills you with the joy of the Lord, May you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Hope to see you Thursday night. Go in peace.